0: Welcome back to Dungeons and Diapers with Crofton and Ryan, or Ryan and Crofton. And before we even get going this week, I would be remiss if I didn't check on the health and safety of my co-host, Ryan Murphy. I am Crofton Sears. Ryan, you've been feeling under the weather this past little while. Whole family has been feeling under the weather. I have to ask, how are you doing today?
1: Oh, you know... I really appreciate you uh, inviting me back on again, even though I'm always on. But, you know, and I wasn't here last week. I was definitely, you know, here last week. And
0: Man, Ryan, you sound like hell still.
1: Yeah, I know. Uh, I mean, I think like I went from, uh, oh, whatever. I sound like yesterday, last week, and now I sound a little bit like Mickey Mouse. You know. Maybe
0: you know what? If you if you cleared your throat a little bit, can you do that for me?
1: <coughs> yeah. Okay. I feel a lot better. Um, oh, that sounds. I should have asked you to do that last week. You should have. Really. I think. I think there was a clear of the throat near the end of the episode. But you know what? Here I am. I'm, uh, I've, I've got my voice back. All it took was a was a was a good clearing. And
0: Ryan, I'll I'll be honest, last last episode, we can't even call it an episode, it was a micro episode between because uh, we were, you know, you were feeling under the weather. But uh, I, I feel bad. I was listening back to it and I realized I talked most of the time. And uh, and you can get so much, so much in. So this week I am I'm, I'm prepared to listen. Cool. No, that's great. All right, enough out of oh. you, Ryan. let so what we're gonna talk about today is uh, dungeon stuff and diaper stuff uh, How are you and the family doing, Ryan?
1: Uh, we're doing pretty good We're all recovered up And, and we've been, you know uh, I've been watching TV stuff And the kids have been watching movies And enjoying March break And lots to, lots to talk about I'm excited for what we got planned Loaded
0: show I will just say, I am very excited as well But not for the reasons that you are excited I am excited because um next week I'm on vacation so I have one day of work tomorrow and I will be lickety split out of here and when I say out of here I mean I'm going down south on vacation uh and uh the getting ready for that vacation it's not been pain free but I will say that we're the latest at the end of the tunnel and after you know 2 years of covid Uh, or i don't know three three years it's all it's all blurring together i am i'm just absolutely dying to uh you know get out of this popsicle stand so next time uh we do a show i will have some great stories about what it's like to travel down south with two young children
1: that sounds great i'm looking forward to uh to hearing that story i i have not done traveling like that with the kids i've only i've only actually gone down south once ashley and i for a, for a friend of mine's uh destination wedding uh we went to mexico and i just i it's funny like we had this conversation on the gamers in last week where there was an announcement that super nintendo world was going to be opening at their california universal studios park and uh, Jocelyn was basically like, "Oh yeah, and you're gonna go, right?" And I'm like, "Uh, you know, that sounds really expensive and a lot of work to like bring five. There are three kids, not five kids, three kids, five family members, um all the way to this giant theme park." And and I think it it was less about you know we can save the money, we can plan towards it, but it's it's more about like, oh my gosh, the stress of you know, packing everything up and and getting there. So I am curious to hear how it goes uh, for you and for flying and and all that fun stuff. Um, have your kids flown before? I'm 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 guessing Gwen has just based on you've traveled before.
0: Yeah, I feel like she did one time. Although I'm losing, I don't know when. Maybe she hasn't. Not, Clara definitely hasn't. She's she obviously. Um, we were pla- Oh, this is kind of interesting. We were planning a trip before COVID uh, to the point that um, I had gotten our passports and I'd paid extra to get them rushed because we felt like travel was starting to shut down because of stuff that was going on in, in the world. And um, we were dealing with this travel agent. It was really funny uh, because I dug up his email, his last email that we had sent to him sort of saying we were no longer interested in travel and it was sent in like the first week of either you know, the last week of February or the first week of March, 2020, like it, it, everything was just about to shut down completely. You know, the world was almost about completely going to change. And we were still in the the last emails of like, so can you send us three more resorts to look at, you know? Um, And, uh, and so, yeah, it is, it is funny. We just picked up right where we left off. Um, And so, um, right. No, I admittedly, there's a lot of stress in in, in prep Uh, and I'll talk, you know what? I'll save some of that for the, for the good old diaper section, and uh, how how uh, how to get ready for for a trip with with young children, but let us let us begin in the dungeons, which, as lo- long time listeners will know, but new listeners may not, is where we exchange, uh, you know, shared experiences with regards to our fun geeky pursuits, uh, video games, movies, books, whatever, whatever, whatever. Not books, Ryan doesn't read, but you know what I mean. Um, so Ryan. Let us go with you first, based on the fact that I was such a blabbermouth last time. Uh, What have you been up to in the dungeons?
1: Well, I figured this was a good opportunity for us to uh, do some Star Wars talk and uh, possibly uh, garner some tweets from our good friend Jordan, who uh, we often, or I I don't know if it's me or if it's you, I think it's you. You often upset him with, with your Star Wars talk. Uh, or maybe it's me. I think it was me because I'm I'm not a, a huge Star Wars fan. I appreciate Star Wars, and um, we had a conversation I think a couple of episodes, maybe a month ago, uh, about what makes good Star Wars. And we have I figured let's start with the non-spoiler type stuff, uh, which was the Obi Wan trailer that that launched, uh, I think just in the past week. And this is a series based between the empire or, uh, I've, I, I free episode three and four, essentially. I, I, it's like smack dab in the middle. You've got like young Luke, you've got middle age, Obi-Wan, um, th- that, that moisture farmer dude is back. Uncle Owen, you know, pre burnt to a crisp uncle Owen. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? Uh, you know, uh, and it looks as though there's some like Jedi hunters as well. like, do you do you know a lot about like that period of time, or are you the type of Star Wars fan that sticks primarily to the movies and whatever video game comes across your desk?
0: I'm that one, okay. but I don't like I I the extended stuff. I don't know so much. Although Bo knows a lot about it and will tell me in detail, often sending me like I'll ask him these questions in our Slack chat. I'll I'll say something along the lines of like, Hey, uh, what? would Ahsoka have ever met Luke Skywalker before? And then I'll put my phone down and I'll pick up my phone and there'll be like eight pages worth of text that I have to scroll through. And I'm like, what's he saying? (laughs) I'll read this later. Um, But, uh, and he's hit me with the entire history of the Clone Wars or something. Um, But yeah, no, I am not, I am, I'm definitely not that guy. So uh, uh, that said, like, I, I know we're, just knowing the movies and stuff, I know where all the, the people are and actually knowing the video games. Cause I think there's some tie in here with Jedi fallen order. Um, I, I, I felt, uh, I felt like when I saw the trailer, I was at home with it.
1: Yeah. I think I noticed, uh, I think I noticed some characters that look quite familiar from, from Jedi, uh, fallen order because I, like you said, the, the Jedi killers are, or Jedi hunters or whatever they're called. Um, feature heavily in that game and and they did look familiar and that game is considered canon as far as i know anything that's kind of come after the sort of like uh extended universe uh, what did they call it like it wasn't archiving but they made it like i can't remember the words they used but essentially they did not no longer those those stories no longer applied to like the current Canon or I think they kept the movies and that's, and maybe the TV shows or some of the TV shows. But uh yeah. So I noticed some of those characters in the Obi-Wan trailer, obviously like I, I really love Ewan McGregor. I think he's fantastic. And he was probably one of the, one of the best parts of the original prequel trilogy. And I mean, the prequel trilogy is what it is, but I kind of appreciate returning to it and kind of like, keeping the the cast. I love that about Rogue One where they kind of, you know, kept some of those cast members and brought them forward. Small roles, but still, it was nice to have that continuity. And we see it here, as obviously, with the Obi-Wan trailer with Ewan McGregor coming back and, um, you know, Uncle Owen and uh, whoever else is going to pop up. I'm sure there are going to be plenty of cameos and and, and guest appearances on this uh, from Star Wars past. But I, I think, like, I... I appreciate what they tried to do with the prequels. And I also appreciate that they're, they're keeping that continuity. So that's nice. And, um, this is going to be like a limited series, six episodes. So like, I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I don't, I'm like you, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I understand that there was a period of time, uh, at the end of three where Obi-Wan goes to Tatooine and is basically like, I'm going to, I'm going to make sure nothing happens to, to Luke. Um, and and that i i get that like i understand that portion of it and and telling a story in there and my understanding is that in the either clone wars or rebel uh is it the rebel the rebel one um doesn't like darth maul like fight obi-wan at some point so could this be another opportunity to have that happen
0: yeah he darth maul goes to um goes to back to tatooine and like uh in it goes to Tatooine and, and there's a sort of showdown with Obi-Wan. I, I will say like not to, to take away from the quality of those moments or whatever. It again, if you're just following the movies, um Darth Maul got sliced in two and like he was done in episode one, right? Like it it I just I guess like in, in wrestling, a pro wrestling, they have this thing called the nostalgia pop which is uh, when the Royal Rumble happens every year, they'll bring back these wrestlers that were probably not even big deals when they did wrestle, but they hadn't been on for so long that people just pop for them. They're like, Oh, it's doing the clown. Woo. You know, like they're so happy. Well, I just feel like Obi-Wan is the Disney plus star Wars equivalent of the nostalgia pop in that it's, full of prequels references and it's the first time while they've dabbled in prequel stuff uh it's the first time that they're like trying to 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 really lean into it while maintaining the kind of grit of the original trilogy which is what i think was missing from the prequels mostly um and there's a an entire generation that's grown up with the prequels and is under the delusion that they are good star wars calling back our um uh, our, our conversation about what makes a good Star Wars. And it's not the prequels. Um, but uh, but I w- I will say, like, I, you know, Ewan McGregor is 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 great. Uh as an actor, he had to deliver George Lucas written script in the prequels. Uh George Lucas is not a great script writer, nor is he a great director, really. Um, and and therefore it will be cool to see what he does with the Obi-Wan uh character unshackled from that. But for me, this is the answer to a joke that I I often made uh in high school, we were talking about comics and just different things. You know how they like to fill out between movies and just be like, there's always, this happens between empire and Raiders, uh, excuse me, empire and uh, return of the Jedi. Like there's so many things that happen. Like if you follow the, the old comics, it was just a ridiculous amount of things that would happen between these films. And and I, I always said, I can't wait for the comic book where it's all about Obi-Wan walking around in the desert, spying on Luke with a telescope. Um, and, And, they made that into a show now, and so obviously they had to find some way to to get him off Tatooine to add excitement. And they're like, "Oh, there's these Jedi hunters, and they go and they do all this stuff." And they're bringing back Hayden Christensen, who's going to somehow be Darth Vader, and that's going to get get it. That's also obviously the Darth Vader pop is its own thing. And that's going to that's going to do uh do a lot as well i'm not saying the show is going to be garbage but it's creative it's creatively empty which is one of those things where we're like am i going to watch it yes obviously do i feel good about watching it no um and it 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 doesn't have like like i'm more keen on like season three of the mandalorian knowing nothing about it than i am about the obi-wan show based on that trailer but that trailer didn't do anything to dissuade me it right. just reinforced what I already thought
1: I feel like what I'm hearing is like yeah the premise is basically let's do an Obi-Wan story set between three and four um and I get that that sounds like a, a mishmash of well let's bring back Hayden Christensen let's bring back uh, Uncle Owen let's get a young Luke in there and I think that Uh, you're absolutely right. Like this is going to be a story where he has to leave Tatooine, which I think would be good because we've been spending a lot of time on Tatooine. Um, But yeah, like I I think like they've they've proven that for the most part, the Star Wars TV shows have had like a pretty good track record. Uh, And we'll talk about Boba Fett in a little bit because we should we should definitely have our our full on spoiler conversations on that because there's a lot to go over. Um, But I think that I, I, I'm I'm like you. Like nothing in this trailer said that I shouldn't watch this. Um, I know I I know even though the trailer doesn't tell us much. I know that the show isn't just going to be you know Luke watching uh, uh or not Luke but uh, Obi Wan watching over a moisture farm uh, as young Luke uh, collects blue milk or whatever that hell he was doing in that in that goes to Tashi Station to get some power converters. Sure, I'm sure there's going to be some sort of power converter reference of some kind they might have already made that reference in in another show but i i just you know i know that's not going to be the case i know they're going to have some interesting story here and i think you know if you've played jedi fallen order and you know about these jedi hunter characters and the fact that darth vader uh is in this series i think it'll be interesting to see what they do with hayden christensen because a lot of the discussions around him returning have been oh man it it's amazing he's he's doing such a great job uh he's menacing but it's kind of like i think of that and i'm like well isn't he just in the suit because like he's in the suit at the end of three and maybe he takes his helmet off but like i i get the sense that like isn't he just gonna be in the suit i yeah
0: like i mean i i don't know and that's what people people would want and it's like
1: you know, when he's in the suit, it's the James Earl Jones voice, right? Like, Well, I don't think it is going to be James Earl Jones. I think it's going to be his voice. Oh, God. Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, anyway, I, I I definitely think it'll be
0: interesting to see. I feel it's going to be another one of these, like, memory. It's going to be like a memory thing, or it's going to be like a, a I don't know, a flashback thing or something. I, 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 am, I am keen to see what they do what they do with it. Uh, And they have earned some trust with some of the stuff that they've done. But that said, I I, I guess like I'm, I'm not, I'm tentatively interested. Definitely going to watch though. This is the thing they've got me. eh? Like, it's just, I'm for sure going to watch it. Uh, It's just a matter of um, do I think it needs to exist? No, you know? Uh, And the thing about Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett transitioning into was the Boba Fett character was a blank slate. They could have done anything with him. They could make him what they wanted to be. Aside from being sort of a mercenary uh, that had a scene on the bridge of a star destroyer with Darth Vader and that did some sneaky stuff and went to Jabba's palace, like there's nothing that really showed his character. Um and so they could do whatever and that that is interesting and creative and all of that but obi-wan's a a known commodity uh and so i mean I, i'm not sure what they, they're gonna do in that show to make me think more or less or of obi-wan and that so
1: anyway yeah no i think it's uh those are all good uh valid points Let now like we 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 talked you talked a little bit about boba fett i i want to let's talk a little bit about Let's go spoilers on Book of Boba Fett. It's been long enough. There's obviously a lot of like, you know, things that happen in the show, and and I think it's uh, it's first three or four episodes are kind of like, okay, what are we what are we watching here? Like, what's going on? There's there's some weirdness to it, and I think we talked about that last time when the first few episodes showed. Out. I don't know if you had seen it yet, but um, a lot of people were complaining about it, and I'm watching. It and I was like, I don't know. It it seems like a lower budget Mandalorian. Until they add the Mandalorian, and then it's like, oh, okay, this is this is more what we're looking for. And um, I think this series, at least the beginning, tells the story of like what happened to Boba Fett, and it it starts right after episode f- five, six. Which one is the one where he falls in the pit? I can't remember. Yeah, uh, it's uh,
0: Return of the Jedi, you noob.
1: Yeah, six. Okay, so Return of the Jedi, he falls in the pit. The 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 stomach acid teeth thing and the sarlacc pit thank you and uh because i could hear you i could hear you uh working your way up to saying that um and it it basically like it goes over that adventure of him escaping which to me is just like yeah of course he just he just he just crawled out like that makes that makes sense to me like you couldn't have shown that earlier like it took 30 years to get to that point well he did some he shot the sarlacc he did some
0: stuff in the the in the pit or whatever like it is funny because there's a lot of parody going around because um you know uh Patton oswald in parks and recreation uh, uh which is a great show has a scene he's like just a citizen and he's looking to filibuster a town hall meeting and to do it he goes on this huge rant about star wars movies and uh he reads some of his fan fiction and one of the the you know, and one of the popular clips is, you know, the, the two sons of Tatooine shine in the sky. One glove comes out of the Sarlacc pit; it is it reveals the the helmet of Boba Fett, um, and uh, it is is essentially like shot for shot what happens. And it goes to, in very, you know, and very very much to show some of the creative bankruptcy here, um, which is, you know, what I said about the Obi Wan tra- trailer and. Is partly, you know, partly true here. I found, um, when it, when it starts like that, like, I obviously, uh, people were, were looking to pop for that moment, like him coming out of the Sarlacc pit. We knew he would, we've encountered him in the Mandalorian, we knew he made it out, so they definitely wanted to show the Sarlacc. Um, and uh, one thing I just this is a deep nerd, uh, Star Wars thing, in in. Star Wars. Uh, in 1997, they re-released the Star Wars films in theaters called uh, and called them special edition. Star Wars special edition, Empire Strikes Back special edition. Luke, George Lucas at this time had discovered computer graphics and was in, and was interested in uh, doing some fancy stuff to his existing movies and re-releasing them. All of that stuff looked horrible at the time because a it was just beginning computer graphics. And B, it was so tonally out of sync with the rest of the movie. But uh, but some, some of it was just weird stuff. And the Sarlacc in Return of the Jedi was one of those things. Because in the original Return of the Jedi, it's just this pit with these spikes in it. And you don't really know. You know there's a mouth in there. You know falling in there is bad. That's it, but in in uh, the special edition, they have it have this big CG mouth and tentacles that come out. Uh, and it goes out and chomps and stuff. And it looks so ridiculously fake because it wasn't there at the time. But it is funny because the Book of Boba Fett made the the, the CG version canon because uh, because those that mouth and that tentacles were came out uh, multiple times during the series where it's like, oh, it looks like special edition uh, you know, creature is now canon. Anyway, that was Deep Nerd. I didn't need to do it, but I, I felt that uh, it went through my mind at the time.
1: No, I think that that uh, I remember that. I remember a lot of people talking about uh, the changes that were made to the Sarlacc Pit. And like, this is the thing I'm talking about is like, I think that the start of the series, I think got a bad rap for maybe, maybe it wasn't like, You know, it it was being compared to the Mandalorian and it was not as great as that, absolutely. But I don't think it was that, it was that, I don't think it was that bad. Like, I think we needed to get the, you know, the flashback of him or Boba Fett escaping the Starlight Pit. We needed that. We needed to see it on screen and we got it first episode, perfect. And I think a lot of people were just struggling with Boba's journey, as you said, like he wasn't just a blank slate anymore. Not only has he had the Mandalorian season two to give him more character, but also this, the, we needed to catch it. We need to figure out what happened to the blank slate. Like where, when it it was a blank slate, when he fell into the Sarlacc pit to the start of season two of, of the Mandalorian. And I, and I thought like that journey was, was good. I thought it was fine. I think, I think it, it really established this new Boba Fett because this, I am, I correct me if I'm wrong, but like, the Boba Fett we have in The Mandalorian and now in Book of Boba Fett—that's th- a different character than what people remember and know from the movies, right? I know it's the same dude, right? A, but like, it feels like it's a different character now. Like they've changed it. Well, it's a the
0: same. It—it it, it is funny because it's like ever since Boba Fett existed and was like, you know, a fan favorite due to just having a cool armor and a kind of cool job, galactic bounty hunter um everything since has been building up uh you know the character and uh the big lifting was done by the prequels because they they made jango fett uh his dad they introduced him as a main character and the basis for all the stormtroopers and jango fett was played by tamura morrison um and so he played his dad. And Boba is not a clone of his dad. He's his dad's son, but he's just like they're like, let's use the same actor to do callback, you know, which you know, fair enough, whatever. Nostalgia pop. I've already said it works, it works all the time. Um, but uh, but but yeah, the the prequels were already flesh, like they they he witnessed his father get his head sliced off in front of him by a Mace Windu and his purple lightsaber. I like how they packaged all these clips of the prequels to make them look epic, like to make them... I think there would be these flashbacks to that time, and it, it it looked much more epic than it did when I actually saw those films. Uh, but but then, then um, when he's in this movie, uh, this, this series again they have him reinvent himself and there's no real way of knowing there's some elements of honor and all this that he has naturally occurring to him but really like he he died and then had the sand people bring him back essentially he he had a new life with them and so it's hard to know like he left he left the way of the the bounty hunter behind does he become a new person or does this just accentuate character traits that were there the whole time i'm not quite sure but Everything from the prequels to the the first few episodes of the series with the sand people and all that do a lot towards giving him a character that is very traditional, like honor character, you know, like I'm, the I'm with the indigenous people of this land. I fight a certain way In, in no way. Does it align with the little that we saw of him from the, those, the first movies where he's just like some cool mercenary dude, but does it really need to like, we already have that guy in Mando right Mando kind of got there first The Mandalorian is essentially Boba Fett from the movies from the original trilogy and and because they already had that show they're like well what do we do with a Boba Fett show well let's make him something else and they did and I don't have any qualms with that like I don't really care I wasn't so emotionally attached to the Boba Fett in the um in, in the movie in the first movies as much as I thought he had cool armor
1: yeah no I, I agree and I uh, I'm with you there like I think the direction they've taken Boba Fett to me uh, because I don't have a strong attachment to the original star Wars stuff. Like it's, it's, it's all star Wars to me. And I know that's a lot of people consider that (laughs) the wrong opinion, but for me, just the way I um, experience star Wars, like it's all, it's, it's all across the board. Star Wars is all good. Um, but I actually like the book of Boba and Mandalorian Boba Fett more than the Boba Fett we got in Star Wars, the the original movies and the prequel, I would say, uh, prequels. So, I mean, there's obviously a lot of other stuff going on in the show. Like they do a, they do a very clear like recruitment run to bring the Mandalorian onto the onto the show, which also serves as kind of like a. I wouldn't call it like a backdoor pilot situation because the Mandalorian show already exists, but kind of like an opportunity to sideload story to prepare the third season of the Mandalorian because we get uh, the Mandalorian coming in. He has he's training with the Darksaber. He has a falling out with his with his crew. Um, The 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 more religious side of the Mandalorian's. Um, there's maybe something there, you know, hinting at what could come for season three. Something to do with returning to Mandalore and doing some sort of ritual that that they mentioned, so he can come back in. Because I guess he he said he took his helmet off, and that I, I know that's a big big no no, like uh, in in the Mandalorian culture. But like that could be an interesting. It's, it kind of served as like this side loaded content to be like, okay, let's get season three ready to go. And uh, obviously, you know, baby Yoda in the, in the room, Grogu returns and, and is returned to uh, return to the Mandalorian. Um, we get an upgraded look at Luke. So they, I don't know if you knew this, but um, with Luke Skywalker coming back to the show, they actually hired uh, a deep fake YouTuber guy to work for Lucasfilm to actually assist with you know, uh, this, this technology to, to bring, you know, old characters back. And, uh, and, and he worked on this new Luke that I think is much, much more superior to what they did with, uh, Mandalorian season two. I mean, you you agree on that, right?
0: do, but I also think that they were too in love with their own technology. So I, I think that, um, so just you're you jump ahead I did jump surround. around yeah. The 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 before the before last episode I think uh, but Luke is um Luke could have been in that episode a lot less than he was. They did they they did an episode where he was in it a lot and it, it felt like diminished returns like don't get me wrong the whole time I was pausing it and looking at the screen and telling Jesse like look at what they're doing here this is ridiculous. But but at the same point I I think that it was distracting. It was distracting to the story, and it could have been. It could have been shorter. Like you didn't. You you, you could have done the the amount of screen time he had in the second uh, season was appropriate. It, you can have better tech, but you don't need to. You don't need to make him a side character for. And they would often. I would be preoccupied with like, oh, look, he's talking, but they're showing his feet uh, because Grogu's short, so they they could do that often and d- different little camera tricks. So, um, I mean. I, just, just uh, uh, dialing it back to to the the beginning a little bit with with regards to Boba Fett. Um, I just think uh, the criticism of the show about like not not constantly sticking with boba fett the whole time it was it was fair like it was built a certain way like if i was just watching mando uh, you know you needed to watch the series so if you don't know this already somehow you've avoided this and you're just listening to us talk about and you think that you can just stroll into Mando season three, you can't. There's a couple of episodes in this that you need to see, including a one that is entirely the Mandalorian and Boba Fett is not even in it. Should just could, could have been released between seasons or released as the season premiere of season three of the Mandalorian. And it would have fit in perfectly. Right. Uh, but, but, um, the Boba Fett stuff, the, the sort of crime Lord stuff, um, and the, the, the sort of getting redemption for you know, these these sand people who are kind of like being used in Star Wars in the past as kind of like just a laughingstock villain on Tatooine. I thought them getting redemption, even though those beats were very much cop- copied and pasted from Dune with the Fremen, I mean, I, I thought it was – I thought it made it compelling – Um, and I, I kept, and there was enough intrigue where I kept wondering if people were going to stab Mando in the back, you know, all three seasons of the show have uh, like the two Mando seasons and this season involved. Um, and I'm a huge fan of this motif, recruiting, introducing and recruiting characters to lead up to a finale where everybody joins forces and kicks ass. Um, and, uh. Like honestly, whenever those finales come, like think at the end of Mando season two when they're they're going through and and the the, the ladies are just t- totaling everybody. Uh and in this at the end, like you got everything from the street urchins to that wicked Wookiee to everybody just like fighting, fighting together and Mando and Boba together. Like, I mean, there's so the fan service just continues to work. I don't know about you, but it works on me big time.
1: Yeah, no I, I i really liked the final episode. I love that. Me too. Um, they brought back um, is it Cobb Vance, uh, Timothy Oliphant's character? Oh yeah.
0: Oh man. Yeah. So I did. You ever watch Justified?
1: I watched. You know what? And it's this is always a sore point, And I know Justified's coming back. They announced a re yeah. revival series. Uh, I I watched. I think up to season four, and I fell off, and I just never went back to it. Oh, but that's
0: a good chunk. You, you,
1: oh, I watched you know a good chunk Ray, of it. Yeah. Ray yeah, Givens. You know
0: yeah. Ra- Raylan Givens. And, and I tell you, when, when he, when he was in Mando season two, I popped for him. And, uh, the at the end of that episode, I was sad. I, I turned to Jesse and I'm like, I am just so sad that Raylan, it was a happy ending and everyone survived. I'm like, I'm just so sad that Raylan Givens had to die. <laughs> and then, of course, um, that, that there's a, a stinger that, indicated that that may not in fact be the case. But yeah, again, like just all these characters, I do feel like the creators of these shows, uh, Dave Filoni amongst others would, would kind of like to just call them, they kind of should call them the star Wars adventures and just have, the time period set and a bunch of characters having different adventures, you can have your story arcs. I think that's sort of how the Clone Wars worked. I felt Book of Boba Fett really became that. That episode we talked about with Luke, there was there was part of it that was Luke, Ahsoka, and Grogu. There's part of it with Mando. There was a big part of it with Cobb Vanth um, and that guy from the animated series that was the villain that I didn't really know. I felt that he was introduced too late in the game to really adequately serve as a great villain. Um, There's a lot of stuff that I would pick apart. There's a lot of stuff. But, like, there's – and there's so much fan service. Bo, at one point, pointed out to me, like, uh, there's this chef's droid in the the, – in in Jabba's Palace. I'll always call it Jabba's Palace. There's a chef droid. And when they did the flashback episode – where they're invading Jabba's palace, uh, he comes at them with knives and he spins them all around. He's got like multiple arms. And Bo was like, that's like there's an enemy in episode three of the films called General Grievous. And he has multiple arms and lightsabers and that he spins them around the same way. And it was like a callback to that. I'm like, I didn't see that. Wow. And, uh, and so like, there's just, there's just so many like nudge, nudge, wink, winks in it. And and sometimes I, I think it's going to, it drown from it and lose the plot. But I mean, I was I the last episode was I was uh, like enjoying it to no end and it, but at the end it reinforced to me that Mando um who is a new character created uh, for the Mandalorian is like now my f- pretty much my favorite Star Wars character and I'm super like super on board with him in particular. Um, and his relationship with Grogu and the fact that he doesn't take off his helmet, honestly, like Boba, keep your helmet on. That's what makes you cool. You take off the helmet. You're just some dude. Um, And so, uh, uh, so yeah, I I really, uh, I really did uh, enjoy it, but I recognize it's an imperfect creation. And the fact that we have a hard time talking about it, that we're all over the map and like, Oh, this was cool. Or that was not, or this and that it, it goes to show how, Weirdly, it was scripted, put together, and fit together. Um, but you know, like it, the artistry of it, the music, the sound design, the, the special effects all so fantastic. Like at one point, you know, when, when uh, Fennec, uh, who um, I had to google how old uh Ming Wen was, uh, it's Ming Wen, is it? I think, uh, the actress who plays Fennec was because. I used to watch her in ER and she was in like the joy luck club and all, all these things in the nineties. And I swear to God, she looked the exact same. Um, And she's like 60 or something. Uh, And she just looks like, you know, she's in her forties or whatever. But anyway, amazing. She was great. And uh, she um, Boba and her are standing on the balcony. And she's like, and Boba says, I, uh, we need help or we have money. We need help. And he, she says something like, I know someone. And then they play like three music chords from the Mando soundtrack because Mando has got a great score, as does Boba for the for the record. And mm-hmm. And I feel the goosebumps on my arm. I'm like, oh, she's going to call Mando. They didn't <laughs> say anything. They just played the three musical notes. And so, I mean, they're doing stuff right. They're doing a lot right. It's just that you know, it's, it's, it's messy and it, you know, it is what it is. And if you told me tomorrow that there was going to be a book of Boba Fett part two, and there's going to be no Mando in it. Like I knew that up front. I, I don't know if I'd be super keen in just returning to Tatooine again, as you said, it was, it's kind of overdone.
1: Yeah. I get the sense that when this whole Disney plus star Wars TV series kicked off, they, they had the opportunity. They said, okay, well let's do a star Wars series, but you can't, touch any existing characters and that was mandalorian season one it was new characters across the board not necessarily new planets new ideas but but definitely all new characters and they built such a strong cast of characters that it it now they were it unlocked the ability to have all these references and and even bringing back like luke and boba and and ahsoka and, and all that and and now all of a sudden it's like they're able to do whatever they want and what people what the fans want is they want more of their original characters the, the mando and, and all that so or these the the newest the new characters, characters. Yeah,
0: yeah we're we're we we're on to the new they've successfully intro new characters which is uh you know a fantastic thing like i'm i i'm interested i'm more interested in fennec than i am in boba you know like i'm I, uh, and Boba, for all intents and purposes, is a new character. Like you know, like yeah. he's completely, completely different. And so, yeah, you're, you're. They they have finally, despite failing with the new movies, to get the to get over the um, the Rays and uh, and and uh, who are the uh, Kylos and. Who's the the Han Solo guy? Uh, I don't even. Remember. I don't, I <laughs> what's don't even his remember name. I know the the actor o- o- Oscar Isaac. Yeah. yeah, I just I just don't. Yeah, I don't even
1: remember. What is he, it? Uh, God. Doesn't matter. Who's and then there's is there someone in Finn. Finn? Is it Poe? Yeah. It's Poe it's, yeah, it's Poe Dameron.
0: Yeah, it's Poe Dameron. Okay, we I mean, figured like, it out. Who, that took way yeah. longer than it needed to. <laughs> Did it really? I think it took the right amount of time. Anyway. I, I
1: just mean, like, not not a fault of our own, but more a fault of that new trilogy. And, and, and here's the thing. I want to put this out there for the new trilogy. I would like to see them do what they've done in between three and four, do it or actually we haven't seen that yet. Sorry. Uh, what they're, what they're about to do between three and four, what they have done between six and seven. I would like to see them go a little bit further and focus on, I know, I, I think it was Finn. The, the actor who plays Finn had, had said like, there's no F and way he'd do a Disney plus series, but I would love to see some continuing adventures of, of Ray. And, 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 you know, you have that ability because they're all dead. You have that ability to basically like leave the old, old star Wars behind and just focus on, cause there will always be the force and good and evil and all that. And, and I think Daisy Ridley was one of the best parts of that, that new trilogy. I'd like to see them try that. I mean, I know they are very much focused on this, you know, specific sections of between three and four and, 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 six and seven with uh there's like what like six different series that they've announced with ahsoka and new republic we get uh, uh another cameo as we get um kim's convenience uh guy popping back up yeah so that I was that nice. episode-
0: that episode was just a joy ride and the mm-hmm. one where he gets, you know, the ship from Naboo from the prequels. And again, like you can see them starting to lean into the prequels and like really start pull, pulling from that. And the fact that they made it or this retro thing. And, Oh, I thought that was just a chef's kiss. Like just a, a fantastic. Um, I, I just think that it lends itself to be an anthology series. Um, and, and you're almost doing yourself a disservice by being like, oh, this is Book of Boba, you know, and then and then next time it's like, like, you know, you might have a Mando series and then you've got like an Ahsoka series. I, I kind of feel like they have all the components like they, they do the end credits the same way. They just have a different score, but it's thematically similar. Um, that you all you need to do is put like a Star Wars Adventures Presents or something, the Mandalorian Star Wars Adventures Presents, and you only run one of them at any given time, meaning you never have two running at the same time, and you keep them all in the same time period, meaning that Obi Wan would be something different, right? Like it would be, I don't know, you would just run that on its own, but all, all the ones that are in the Mandoverse. Um, you call them, you give them a, a set name so people know that they're in the Mandoverse and in that time period and that they're all connected and that you should be watching them in the same way that you'd watch something from the MCU, you know? Um, because, yeah, like somebody watching uh, Obi Wan to, to, and expects Grogu to show up, it's not going to happen, right? Uh, watch may be proven wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they're like, let's have Obi-Wan make me Grogu, you know?
1: Um yeah, I mean you know, he, he would I like I get the sense that Grogu is around, right? He's like fifty, I guess, or something. So but I don't think that's gonna be the case. I, I think with with Obi-Wan they're gonna be primarily focused on the prequel characters and bridging the gap between three and four, similar to Rogue One and, and whatnot. Um I just is a very special shortest side here mm. on i was thinking about
0: this the other day because you're right like the, the there's the years aren't that many like when when um when i was a kid and they were showing like uh the prequels and i just felt that it was like hundreds of years before but it's not it's like it's like the empire's entire life expectancy is like 30 years. <laughs> um it, you know from the time that vader and and, and them take over and or uh, you know they they kill all the jedis like then then to the time that luke who is born who is born in episode 3 at the end and then like is what maybe like 20 something when he kills vader or like 30 you know um, so, so maybe the the uh, and if that's when the second Death Star is blown up, maybe the the Empire lasts for thirty years, which leads me to a fundamental question of how do they build so much shit in so short a time? Because I live in a city where we're building stuff all the time, and it takes. Forever, but they like build a Death Star on Death Star, Star Destroyers like crazy. Every planet's got like a whole Imperial base and setup. They've got all this Imperial shit. Like I've worked on military procurement stuff before. It takes a long ass time. Like, but yet the Empire's got like in thirty years, it's got a shit ton of everything. Just seems unrealistic. Like I can I can buy the the Force and the Lifesavers, but. <laughs> you know, quick military procurement. I don't know.
1: I, I think in this case it's robots and they just have a really streamlined paperwork system. Uh, they don't mess around. So I, I think that's what's, what's happening here, but no, that's a really good point. I, I mean, I'm, I'm excited by all the the Star Wars stuff that's happening right now. It's not a good point. <laughs>
0: <It's not> a- <laughs> I appreciate your sympathy, but not, it's not a good point at all.
1: All right. Well, why don't we move on to something else? I, I think we've we've talked quite a bit about Star Wars and. and if- Probably. yeah i would
0: say if people are on the fence about boba fett or skipped it whatever it's totally it's totally worth it it might not be as great as the mandalorian but oh well i i would argue some episodes are including the finale um so it, it is worth the time investment but something else worth the time investment i wanted to talk about is a show that my wife and i watched um and so uh uh, we can we can talk about that now. It's called the after party, and uh, the after party is on Apple TV Plus. It's one of those Apple TV shows, and I did that thing that I never do properly, but I did this time, which was I subscribed to Apple TV Plus and then immediately canceled. Yay, um, it, you did like it. i went in and it was so easy like they some of them that make it so complicated but not only do they make it easy when you do that they tell you when you're like as soon as you say cancel, they'll be like you still have it until this date and i'm like okay great i still have it for a month like all is good so i mean i think it, apple tv plus is one of the cheapest streamers around i think it's like six bucks canadian or whatever because it doesn't have a ton of stuff uh, but it really does feel like paying six bucks to watch the eight episodes of the after party, assuming I don't watch anything else this month on Apple TV Plus, was worth it. And, uh, my wife and I are we're really into Only Murders in the Building, uh, which we talked about on this show. Only Murders in the Building thematically, like knives out kind of a comedy murder mystery. And I'm just like, that's a trend. It's a, they're going to start coming fast and furious, but. I'm into murder comedies, like for lack of a better term, uh, but really, really into these. And so uh, I had my eyes on the after party and my wife and I were looking for like sort of a date show that we could watch. And there's eight episodes. makes a couple of uh, – I think we got three date nights out of it, which is great. And uh, it is uh, really funny. So the premise is that it's a high school reunion – uh, somebody gets killed at um, one of the, one of the people uh, who at the high school reunion is very rich, rich celebrity played by Dave Franco, who is a face. You just I was just going to say,
1: did they kill uh, Dave Franco? Because that'd be great.
0: Yeah. They killed Dave Franco. Perfect. And, they, and, and um, he plays this guy called Xavier. Uh, of course and he does. Uh, he, Xavier is like a music pop performer, whatever he gets killed in his mansion, in the opening scene of the, opening episode um and then uh at the after party from the high school reunion Uh, and so there's a bunch of people here that were in that the high school reunion detective arrives played by tiffany haddish and her (laughs) bumbling assistant and they proceed to interview the different folks and each episode of the show is somebody different getting interviewed it cross cuts with like some events that are actually happening in the house at the time. Uh, But each person who's interviewed tells the story of the high school reunion that night in their own words and how they perceive it. And so that is super, that is a fun concept because it revisits the same thing from different angles. But to add an extra level to it, they've decided that each character is going to experience it in a different film style. So, for instance, the first character in the first episode experiences it like he's back to meet his high school sweetheart. He's hoping that he can rekindle or like get something going with his high school sweetheart. He experiences it as a romantic comedy, Um, whereas like, you know, there's a there's a guy who experiences it as a musical. There's somebody who experiences it as a psychological horror uh, and like every time it's filmed differently, you know, characters say stuff differently. Something that seemed innocuous in one appears threatening in another, depending on who's perceiving it. And, uh, and all the performances are great. It's really, really, uh, a really, really enjoyable, goes down super easy. I would be remiss if I didn't highlight the musical episode, which is the third episode. Um, Ben Schwartz, who is, uh, uh, john raffio in parks and recreation I love him so much. and, and, and Sonic the voice of sonic the hedgehog is um gets the musical episode and uh he has three songs in it and they are amazing and and the guy who wrote the songs i had to look this up was john lajoy who is uh who is a, a famous sort of songwriter on youtube from a few years back that wrote these comedy songs and was on the tv show the league which i also very much enjoyed playing this character called taco and um he wrote the songs and uh, there's only there's three of them which they're half hour episodes right so that's you know like it it allows it to be the, um, a musical episode and all three of them are amazing and i i found the soundtrack on um on uh Spotify and have played the hell out of the three uh, um, ever, ever since. But even beyond that episode, like the, the, the entire show is, is a really, really uh, fun, fun watch. Like um, it's a 15 year high school reunion. So they're all like just a little bit younger than me around my age. Um, and just, you know, they all have existing character Uh, interactions and there is an episode that is a throwback to high school like it's somebody talking about an event that happened at high school and so they have to like they don't de-age the actors in so much as they make them all you know they use makeup and outfits to try to make them look younger which is hilarious some of them pull it off very well. And others like it, there's still clearly 40, you know. Uh, But, uh, but yeah, it was a really, really great show. The after party enjoyed it immensely. If you like only murders in the building, that's a great one.
1: Okay, well, I just uh, looked it up. I guess I can watch the first episode without resubscribing to Apple TV plus but I feel like this is one that I would want to watch you
0: they give you a free trial of an episode is that how it works yeah
1: i was just looking at it uh i was just looking it up on apple tv and it seems i can watch the first i can watch the first episode free but again like based on your description if you if you if you watch one episode you're likely to watch want to watch I mean, all of them
0: the first one is the worst one uh I, I, which <laughs> Great. i know that i know that kind of sucks to say but it's like if you go to a high school reunion and you don't know it it's like if you go to a party and don't know any of the characters right mm-hmm. it's like or don't know anybody it as you get to know the characters and you get different versions of the same events the first versions of the events uh are not as interesting as when you start getting them from different angles i just i would just say it gets Continuously better, uh, but that said, I I felt compelled after the first episode. I I am leaving out one major thing, which is, uh, I I mean, it's sort of self explanatory here, but it is a murder mystery, and so you can ruin it by googling too much. Uh, so. Try not to do that. And they just finished the show recently because they released the first three episodes at once and then they released the following five week to week. And so the last one, I think, just premiered maybe last week. There is Internet chatter right now because they revealed what happened, like the killer and all of that. And I wouldn't say like one of these things is, is it solvable? Like when you're watching it as a viewer, I would say it is. Uh, but it's not as solvable as the detectives and some they they, they will find a bunch of clues that, that that it would have been borderline impossible for you to 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 get. However, a lot of folks are pointing out because I didn't watch it week to week. We watched it all at once. That re- there's a sub Reddit and Reddit people were like dissecting and freeze framing different things and being like, oh yeah, you can see this in this episode for five frames or whatever. I'm not like that guy and you totally, at one point I told to Jesse, I said, I said to her, the mystery is really taking back burner for the character building here. At one point I didn't care about the mystery. I was just wondering if these two were going to get together or this and that or whatever, but, uh, but it all comes around and ties itself up very nicely at the end. So I think Ashley would like it too.
1: Okay. Yeah. We'll check it out. And I mean, if you're looking, if you personally are looking for other recommendations, I don't know if you ended up watching Defending Jacob, if this is the first time subscribing.
0: No, I remember you mentioned that one. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's a comedy murder, too?
1: No, it is not. If you're, it's, there, there is murder, but it's not a comedy. And it has Chris Evans uh, playing the uh, assistant district attorney. And his son is accused of murder. Okay. And it's, it, it's following that sort of storyline. Um, but I was just kind of looking at the other ones that are up there. Like, I, I've heard really good things about Invasion which has uh Sam Neill uh, as a, as a mountain park cop uh, during an alien invasion. And uh, another one that's come out recently is severance.
0: Yeah. Severance has a neat concept that I'm, I'm intrigued. On. It's the idea is that you have a work brain and a, in an home brain and the company wipes your, your brain at the end of a shift. So like, Anyway, it's uh, it, it it does have interest, but it does seem like a bit of a downer uh, yeah. too. I am not like looking to squeeze value out of my Apple TV Plus. P- stuff as much as i was keen on uh watching the after party at one point i thought i would just wait until like the next season of ted lasso came out and i would like just resub and watch both of these at once but i we were really keen for something and even the opening credits like really make you think of only murders in the building it is funny i know these shows like were being developed simultaneously it's not like the success of one begot the other you know they, they weren't like let's fast track this but it does almost feel that way in that they're they're very sim- tonally similar um and so uh, uh mi- mixing the comedy with the murder so anyway good good uh good stuff so last week i talked about um video game i'm playing Elden ring i like i'm just i'm not going to say anything this week other than I am still playing it every night. It's so fun to have a game that you just look forward to playing every night. I'm I'm really into it. Um, I'm as I mentioned last time. It's just sort of something that keeps growing on me. And uh, yeah, so I unless you have any questions for me on Elden Ring, I, I will I will you know put it put it in the hopper for for our next episode and 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 likely have a big update at that point.
1: I feel like I got most of my questions out last episode yeah, when we talked about it. And uh, yeah. and I, and I and you know what, that being said, I'll, uh, I'll have to think about some more questions. Cause I am genuinely curious about the game, but I know I'm, I'm going to appreciate it from afar. And that is, I've, I've tried my darndest in the last couple of years, especially since having uh, kids, multiple kids. Like uh, you, you, I look at so many, so yes, yeah, so many kids, and I, I, uh, and I've, I've had these, I've, I've had these conversations with Ashley, you know, looking at what it's like to have three. And some days it's like, oh my god, like three is a lot. And, and, <laughs> and then sometimes you're like, you're walking to the park, and, and, and you're seeing all three of your kids like walk along on their own. I'm like, okay, like this is gonna get easier. You know, there are moments where they kind of walk
0: themselves now.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Just imagine, eventually, they'll just be like. You know, prepping their breakfast and on their own, and uh, that'd be great. Uh, making their own lunches, like Ashley swears up and down that when she was Caden's age, her parents made them make their own lunch. And I'm like, well, what did you pack? Like bread with peanut butter, or like or <laughs> nothing essentially. Like there's no way Caden could like slice apples. Uh, prep pineapple. Uh, cut a pepperette in half. Make a sandwich. Successfully pour a yogurt into a small portion of his of his portioned lunch. Like this is, no, this is not happening. Um, but uh, uh, oh, anyways, yeah. So with video games, I've kind of come around on it, and, and same with TV. Is that like I am okay not experiencing everything. And a lot of people say, but Ryan, you still play a lot of stuff. He's like, yes, that's true. But there are these outlier video games, um, usually like strategy games, uh, f- any from software game, like, you know, Dark souls <laughs> S game, uh, where I am content to enjoy it from afar, you know, listen to conversations, um, ask questions, watch Twitch streams. Uh, and that's fine, because I know, like, I have a limited amount of time, and I'm I'm not even going to be able to finish the games that i want to finish let alone try something that i i know i'm gonna bounce off of so you know um i'm i'm super stoked that the game is doing really well just announced sold like 12 million copies which is insane for uh you know what was once it is crazy yeah yeah like demon souls i remember when it came out and it was this like niche game that you know uh people were talking about but I, like it didn't light the world on fire and until it did you know and then you got dark souls and bloodborne and, and now elder Ring. so yeah. i i will say
0: that one thing that is worth noting about these games um is because i'm really enjoying it and it's funny that whole missing out thing you are saying. it's like i have this problem right now because it, it is like there's so much to find in the world and there's these hidden caves or catacombs or just different things and i want to find them all and i get this like fomo for being like oh i could go to the where i'm supposed to go like i know i'm supposed to go to the castle on a hill or the 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 school on a hill or temple or whatever but i know i've missed a bunch of stuff so uh, and because it's not all marked you're kind of like oh i got to scour and i got to find it if ch- i pull up a guide oh you know you get you get into this sort of indecisive space um but but i will say um one thing i've I've noticed about this type of game is that it is you know it's very moody like it sets this dark and dingy like gothic uh mood um and i totally don't mind it like it's 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 the creature design all of that stuff is insane but you know you play it night after night and and there's so much content and the world is so big and it just feels like like it merits from taking breaks from that game or you're just going to burn yourself out on it. And it's, it made me think of all these giant open world games. If you don't like the world or spending time in the world, because I would say I very much like exploring the Elden Ring world, which is called the Lands Between, but I'm not necessarily sold on, like, it's not like, you know, Hyrule in Breath of the Wild is just like a colorful palette of soothingness like there's wind blowing the grass is like everything about it just has like a feeling of like oh it's nice to be here you know and the lands between do not have that they're they and intentionally not um and but it it means that the longer you play the more it kind of like you know like you get comfortable but you're always kind of like you're never you're very rarely at that moment where you're just like oh it feels so nice to be in this world you know uh and i think that that's a, a i know i i don't want to say a missed opportunity because it's not like they're trying to make you feel welcome <laughs> but uh but it, it is uh it is it, like there'll be moments in breath of the wild where you'd be like riding your horse in the shallows of the water with the sun setting and it's just beautiful and it just has this nice feeling of like this is awesome and you can recreate that exact same scene in elden ring and and, and you know like ride your horse in the shallows of the water as the sun is setting and it's i guess kind of awesome but then there's these giant ugly ass crabs that are <laughs> as big as your horse that jump out and try to murder you. And you're like, Oh my God. And everything is so dark. And why are there blood patches everywhere? And so, I mean, it's, it, it is what it is, but, uh but I can see again, returning to my, what I was telling you last week, it's not for everyone.
1: Yeah. And that's fine. I think that's totally fine. And, and
0: that's fine.
1: I <laughs> no I, I want to change my opinion that, uh, that, that, uh was was shared last episode i i think that i think that a 10 out of 10 game doesn't need to be for everybody uh, i think that um you should not have someone reviewing elden ring that doesn't enjoy those type of games it's like having me uh review madden football uh, it's just not gonna work no it's so
0: interesting like that's it what strikes me about a game like Elden Ring is that it shouldn't have such universal acclaim not because it doesn't deserve it but just because you would think that at least one or two people would be tasked with reviewing it that would be like this shit is not for me you know and not be able to see by by that that always happens with different games you know for some reason it didn't happen here like everybody's like yes amazing and I've I've even listen to podcasts of like video game sites where like the, the reviewer gave it a 10 out of 10, but a bunch of other people are on a panel and they're like, yeah, not for me. I didn't like it or whatever. And I'm like, well, how it, it's great that you didn't review it. First of all, um, and that the the reviewer liked it but at the same point it's very strange that uh that it did so universally well with a with with critical reception when so many it's clearly not for everyone right anyway
1: yeah no, i i think it's uh i think it's a game that is you know it, it's definitely like made for uh, a specific group of gamers and it just seems like it it has a it has gained a wider appeal just based on it um, being a, a type of game that uh, that is sort of broken through that traditional like uh, like you said like Madden football like, or Call of Duty like selling to the same audience over and over again but I think like Elden Ring has kind of broken out of that a little bit whether it's a combination of you know the George R R, R. Martin sort of base uh, writing uh, you know world building stuff that he did with the game. Or just the fact that um, you know, Dark Souls and Bloodborne just had been around long enough, and and more people are paying attention.
0: It reminds me—I love always the George R. R. Martin stuff because he clearly did nothing or almost (laughs) nothing. But what what is very funny is it it would be like if (laughs) if 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 you saw a trailer for like the next the next Scream movie or whatever. It's like Scream Five written by George R R Martin or like like just like something that is so not what you would associate from George R R Martin and then you watch it and it's just a scream movie and there's nothing in any way that would make you think that it came from George R R Martin but they put his name on the poster and they're like George R R Martin once took a meeting with us to talk about the concept of this game and now he will be on the poster for all eternity um but uh but no it it, it I, I just I guess my my thing, Ryan, is that this game is really making me think differently about video games. And um, uh, I think it's this and, and Breath of the Wild. Like I used to consider myself a story first gamer, like really like especially single player. I really played for the story in, and um, uh, in an action adventure context like that is what was driving me. Uh, and the characters and all of this and elden Ring's story is all it it has a story and there's bits and pieces and this and that but it's not like just like zelda breath of the wild has a, sto- has a story and there's bits and pieces and there's characters but it's the lived experience in the world the, the way that it, Feels and and that it looks and and the exploration, all of that is what really resonates. And and the the opaqueness of it, like the fact that not everything is spelled out. You're not uh, looking at a, a thing of icons and sub quests and all of that. And I think that that's the big movement that's going to come out of this. And like not to say that a game that was clearly being developed at the same time was inspired by Elden Ring. It was. Clearly, much more inspired by other games, but Tunic, which just dropped on Game Pass, and I've I've already downloaded and I'm very excited to play. I've been re- reading reviews for it, and it, again, it's supposed to be one of these these uh, games that does not tell you anything, does not have any markers, does not have any whatever you have to figure it out yourself. And I have to say, like maybe it's the adult in me that just doesn't want to be handheld anymore. I'm appreciating this type of game a lot more than I used to.
1: Mm. Yeah, no, I'm excited about tunic as well and I think Death's Door was another one that kind of felt similar to that and that it it pushed you in a direction but it didn't like it, it didn't hold your hand. Like you kind of had to figure it out and you would get stuck and I think that was always my favorite part about playing some from software games was the unlocking of shortcuts. It always felt so good and such a relief to like kick that ladder down or or open up a new path so that you could skip through um all these monsters or, or, or at least make your, your journey back to your corpse that much more uh, shorter or, or uh, not so devastating. Uh, and Death Door had that. And I'm excited for Tunic as well. I, I played the demo and, you know, back when they had the, uh, the Xbox next fest or whatever. And, and uh, yeah, that's a fun one. Uh, Tunic is actually uh, it's been a game in development for, I think the last seven years uh, developed out of Halifax, uh, was really. Yeah, yeah, it's Canadian. It's it's really cool to see like all these small games kind of, um, you know, see, you know, get released. You know, after you know, and Tunic kind of reminds me a lot of uh, Fez. You know, and I know Fez has has come up a lot in sort of the dialogue around tunic and just how, how do you make a game mysterious? And you're absolutely right. There was a lot of dialogue when Elden Ring came out about, um there was a joke going around about like, Oh, this is what it would look like if Ubisoft had designed it. And it was just like a bunch of icons all right. over. Yeah. And
0: I know. that made me laugh so much. So, so, so- Especially, in the, there, there's one where it's like press button for tarnish sense because you're called the
1: tarnish or whatever. And it,
0: it maybe like I. It's rare to laugh out loud at an image, but I I really did at that.
1: Way. Yeah, this is. Just, there's so much to love about the game, and I I've I have really enjoyed appreciating it from afar. And I know there's been like conversations about how like oh it's too difficult and that sucks or oh it's um you know the 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 fan community is toxic and and i'm like every every community has their their toxic corners, and i and i think i think maybe i'm wrong but i I feel like from software games and you know dark soul s games like their community is has gotten a lot better over the years as it as it has welcomed more people into it you know like i i could be wrong you're playing the game like i've seen a lot of like uh screenshots of like terrible uh hints because you leave hint systems just like dog ahead or or something and then it's like a horse or something i don't know but
0: it it is uh, it is funny because like there's like you can write these little messages but you can only use so many words and stuff and there's already like these recurring stupid jokes, but they do not fail to make me laugh. But yeah, it is it is very possible to use them for lying. And honestly, like I've been tempted to turn them off. The first time I played the game, they were off because I had a hard time connecting online. But now they're on and they're all over the place. And sometimes I feel that that takes away from things. But there have the times where I'm like walking into a crypt and then there's one on the ground and I read it because I don't read them all and it says watch to your left and, and and then I look to my left as I step around the corner and there's like this giant guy with an axe that would have just sliced me in two had I not seen that message it even though that doesn't happen too too often when it does happen you're just like oh, I'm gonna keep the messages on <laughs> you know like uh, I, I don't want to get sliced by the dude
1: yeah oh man well, I'm, I'm really excited you're still playing. And when you get back from vacation, I'll, uh, I'll try to remember. I'll try to come up with some questions so we can, we can talk a bit more about it. Cause it sounds like you're going to keep going
0: it's the one thing i'm like i'm going on vacation and i'm really happy to be away and i of course like part of it is getting away from the things you normally like but i i am sad that i will not be playing elden ring for a week i'm like oh you know but uh I, i'm i'm bringing the switch with me uh gwen and i i i finally pulled the trigger on mario Kart for the switch it was actually on sale for mario day i couldn't believe it so uh, Gwen and I have been playing some Mario Kart, and we'll probably play a bunch uh, on the chip. Maybe some Smash Brothers as well, and I'll come back with stories of of that.
1: I'm sure. Nice. Well, looking forward to it. Well, let's uh, let's get to the the diapers. I think we've got some more stuff to talk about, right?
0: Oh, whoa, whoa. Ryan, Ryan, mm-hmm. I'm I'm hosting the show this week, uh, so we'll go to the diapers whenever I feel comfortable. And uh, you know what? Let's go to the diapers right now. Okay. (laughs) Uh, Ryan, tell you what, how about you go first uh, and uh, tell me uh, about some of the, uh, the things that have been going on in your house, maybe uh, with regards to um, let's say Ontario March break, which is what we are on right now.
1: Yeah. So uh, we're on March break right now. Um, I, I, I I did not take the week off. Uh, Ashley's off this week. Um, and, you know, this is probably a topic that we'll end up discussing maybe closer to summer. But this is Ashley and I's first summer where the kids are going to be out of school. Ashley's back to work. I'm back to work like prior to this. We had set up a schedule where either Ashley was on maternity leave or she was working Thursday nights or Saturdays. And because of COVID, they've reduced those hours so those shifts are no longer available. So Ashley went back to work uh, mostly full-time. Um, so March break came along and we, we basically had to sit down. This is the first time we ever had to do this with our kids and uh, with having kids. And we had to sit down and sort of plan out the rest of the year and what vacations look like. So that included March break, PA days, um, the summer, all that fun stuff. So, uh, I, I did take one day off this week. I took yesterday off just so I could do some activities with them, but Ashley took, uh, the two oldest. So Isabel was in daycare the first two days. She's been out of daycare the rest of the week. Ashley took the two oldest to a place called flying squirrel, which is in, uh, uh, it's not too far from here. And it's got like, it's in like Whitby, I think. Near Toronto is probably the closest place. It, it is basically like this giant indoor trampoline park. And I I I got videos and, and photos from Ashley. I was I was not there with them, but it was like this huge park. We have one
0: in Ottawa too. I haven't been, but my buddy Mike got injured there one time for being an idiot.
1: Oh, really? Okay. Well, I I think uh, I think they made it out unscathed. Now here's the thing. Um all of these conversations, it's like, oh, this is kind of weird. Like, is this, is this a recent episode? Cause I mean, we are still in a global pandemic. We still have COVID to deal with. Um, obviously in Ontario, they've, they've lifted all uh, occupancies of buildings to hundred um, percent. And it was kind of, it was, this was the first time that we kind of, you know, relaxed ourselves a little bit in terms of, you know, uh, trying to, be super cautious about COVID. I, I feel like we got to a point where we're like right now where we're like, okay, I feel like if this is a play, like, it's not like this is a place where the kids are like stopping and having conversations. Um, the kids don't have to wear masks while they're jumping around. They only have to wear masks if you're, if you're just standing on the sidelines. Um, so the kids are just constantly moving, but it was, it was quite busy. Like it looked, it looked quite busy, but the kids had a really good time and uh, they really enjoyed it. And honestly, like, I feel like, Caden probably could have gone. They only stayed an hour, but he could have gone for the full two hours. Um, Abby got tired pretty quick, but I feel like next year, like they could probably uh, handle it just fine. But um, they also went to a a restaurant. I guess there's a restaurant up that way where they have robot servers. They have like this, this robot server that will come around. Essentially, it's just like a, it's like a Roomba, like a giant Roomba with shells. And they, and they put the food on there. And then the, and then you have to take, you have to take the food off of the, off of the robot Roomba.
0: Damn robots, stealing our jobs. Keep going, Ryan. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, it turns out uh, they they went. So Ashley looked this place up, and she went there, and and the kids were really excited to see this robot server, and and a normal uh, just person server comes over, and Ashley's uh, like, oh, um, uh, we have kids here. Can the robot server not come over? And it's like, oh, he's charging. And I'm like, oh, man. So well, at least you know they can't take over completely because they still need to charge. Um, but I guess the robot sings "Happy Birthday." So the table next to them, uh, after the robot was charged, the robot came by and sang, sang "Happy Birthday" and, and brought the cake and stuff. So it was. It sounded like it was a, a fun thing. So they had, they had a great time there. Um, they went bowling. It's funny because um, on the
0: weekend we went to a uh, a birthday party, and it <laughs> I laughed at this. it's at this place called uh, what is it, kids? kids corner or something and except it's spelled both of them are spelled with a k and so it's it's called uh, but it's in a, a suburb of ottawa called canada that's also spelled with a k so it's called canada kids corner kkk uh probably not their their best choice of acronym yeah. but but um it it's uh it's it's not trampolines but it's like an indoor play structure and it's the exact same sort of experience that you mentioned about like you you can get the room and the, and for birthday cake, they have birthday cakes and, 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 all, and pizza and all of that. And anyway, we're, we're uh, Cl- Claire's birthday is in April. It's coming up pretty quick uh, after we get back from the vacation. So we booked it today because uh, we were looking at all other places. And even though the COVID restrictions are down, uh, Uh, there's still a lot of places that are not open for bookings and then the ones that are open are booked up. So it's really hard. And like we, Clara hasn't had one normal birthday. Um, You know, pretty much this will be her first one where we'd like to have friends and all of that. So we're, we're going to go, we've now officially booked and we're going to go, it's not the same as flying squirrel. It's like smaller. uh, But I think it'll be a, I think it'll be good for her.
1: That's good. Yeah. Like I, I think that, um, You know, we, 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 we. you're right. Like we, I think Caden, uh, Caden really hasn't had like a real birthday party. Like he's just started school. So he's just meeting, meeting friends. (laughs) I have a funny story. Actually speaking of March break, like, so on the day off we had, um, I, we went to the zoo. So Peterborough has like a free zoo you can go to. So we went to the zoo, um, kind of making up for how much the flying squirrel place cost because that was it was it was crazy uh for an hour I think it was like 30 bucks a kid um but we went to the zoo and we ran like Caden ran into this this kid just uh they were playing on the park and they were having a great time and uh the kid's mom was there too and and Caden's like oh do you want to we're gonna go look at the animals you want to come with us so we ended up like meeting this this kid and her mother just randomly and we were hanging out with them and and it was a really you know awesome moment and just going around the zoo and and having a great time. And then Caden says to the, says to the kids, like, do you think it'd be okay if like your mom exchanged numbers with my parents and then we could hang out? (laughs) And I'm like, he's just, he's making friends so quickly that he's like, he's like, that's awesome trying to exchange numbers and stuff. And, and I, and I, I said, I said to the, to the mother, I said like, well, you know what? It's, it's totally up to you. It's fine with us. We, like seems the kids are, have hit it off. Like I don't have a lot of experience. Like I was saying to her, like I don't know any of the kids that Caden goes to school with, let alone their parents. So like we haven't hit that point in our lives with our kids where like we are interacting with other kids' parents outside of family members. Like of course my brother and, and his kids. Right. And, yes. So like that's all new to us. So I'm like, I'm like, yeah. Like and and I guess that's what like. It just kind of happened and we'll, we'll see where it goes, but uh. I know.
0: Well, it can be really awkward. I remember because I think my parents didn't like one of my best friends parents when I was a kid mm. and it was, it, you know, it is somewhat, it can be um, somewhat awkward. And like for me, uh, uh, I was at that party on the weekend and it was Gwen, it was, Gwen was there, my, my daughter's seven, she was the one who was invited by a classmate to go to their party. And it just so happened that I knew the classmate's parents. Like uh, it it just, it's just by a fluke of luck. uh, The mom played ultimate Frisbee on my ultimate Frisbee team, you know, like, and so I knew her and it was more than comfortable being there. But it's one of those things where like, you want to get in these situations where you can drop off your kid and just take off because otherwise you're hanging out with all these parents and you're having these conversations about your kids and they're all like, so, you know, like, how's your kid doing? Oh, you're Gwen's dad. Oh, we love Gwen. Um, you know, and I'm like, yeah, I am also a person uh let us talk you know it's all it's all very stilted and awkward and and and, and weird and yes it is totally possible that you will hit it off with the parent and be like okay this person's awesome like i imagine that every parent who meets me is like oh man i would love to be friends with that guy in rl and and uh you know i'm like whoa whoa everybody you're all weird but um but yeah, it, it is, it is strange. How about you in the, this, uh, this mom, was she, was she cool?
1: No, well, it was like, obviously it, everyone's cool. Right. But it was one of those things where I, as you said, you nailed it. It's, it can be awkward. It can be one of those moments where it's like, absolutely. Your kid's Awesome. My kid's awesome. They seem to be having a great time. They're hanging out. Like and I was and we were just we were having a conversation just on the playground and I was and I was saying to her, like, it's kind of crazy, like like I know Caden is a good kid. He loves playing with others. He has all this energy. And we kind of being in the other parent had this conversation of like, you know, we got a call from the school and, and again we haven't talked about this on the show. Um we got a call from the school basically saying, like, hey, yeah, just letting you know that Caden... Oh, we did talk about, like, the Fight Club thing where where Caden had asked another kid to, to hit him, and then the kid, like, punched him in the face instead of, like, what Caden, I guess, wanted was... Or no, punched him in the stomach. And what Caden wanted was, like, a shot in the arm or something. And I mean... Like, we had a conversation, obviously, about that, and like, yeah, you don't ask kids to hit you, uh, you know. So you, so you feel something. I mean, is class really that boring that you you need to kick recess off with a shot in the arm? Um,
0: Clara's been hitting me in the balls lately. I've been telling, <laughs> I've been telling her, no- I've been telling her not to, but she's like four years old, so it's really. It's really like when she can get a like a, a reaction doing anything, yeah. it makes it more. So she's just like she's like just like I'd be lying on the couch, and she'll run up to me. She'll be like, "Daddy," and I'm like, "Clara." And she's running up to hug me, and then she'll stop and she just punch me right in the <laughs> ball And I'm like, "I'm like, oh geez, Clara, do not do that to Daddy. Oh, what did I tell you about that? Oh my God!" And and um and then she 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 will be laughing so hard, and then and then um jess will step out and be like clara do not do that do not do that. And, and then she'll start crying because she knows she's done something wrong and we'll go maybe a day or two without me getting sacked in the nuts but <laughs> it, it generally will ha- will happen again uh and she'll threaten it to like she'll say she'll say um uh, like I'll be like Clara, it's time to go up to bed. She's like, "You can't make me go up to bed, or I'll punch you in the balls." And I'm, like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> and I'll I'll be like, "Look, you're not going to do that, or I will get pissed." Luckily, she's weak, so she can't do t- too much too much yeah. damage. But I totally understand Caden's problems.
1: Well, it's it's one of those things where uh, again, we were having the conversation on the playground, and I and I said to this parent, I said, like, I don't know. We got the call from the school. Like, I guess Caden was like he was he he the day before he had had a he had two week over the weekend he had two plans on two separate days fall through um one we were supposed to go visit some family family members were sick obviously we couldn't go second time uh someone was sick couldn't go so the and these were plans where we like waited right until like half hour before we were leaving to tell them we were going like we were going to go in the in the in the afternoon we told them in the morning and they were canceled within that like two hour window and it i think it really it really hit the kids because like these days we don't really go anywhere so going somewhere was like a big deal and then he went to school and he had a couple rough nights where he wasn't sleeping well and i think he's just he he was in class and he got out to recess and the teacher was just like yeah he's He's kind of like bowling over other kids and just kind of running around and wasn't really listening. And I was like, okay, so it sounds like he was just like basically, you know, playing pinball, running around. Like there's nothing for – as far as I understand, there's they're not allowed on the play structure. It's just a field, and they have to stick to one side of the field because of, of the way they have set up COVID. There's no toys. There's no balls. There's no nothing. They're just – it's like, it kind of sounds like a prison yard to be honest. Um, but like, I can see that being tough for kids, like especially kindergarten age, where you have all this, you know, stuff to look at and play with in the classroom. Then all of a sudden you're sent outside for 10 for your 10 minutes. And it's like, okay, what do we do? You know? So we did have to have a conversation with Caden about like keeping, you know, the no hands policy, no touching, no violence, you know, that sort of thing. And, and I think that, that's gone really well and, and we were heading into march break so it was kind of like you know we had a lot of time to work on it but just having this conversation with his parent just being completely honest like yeah we got this call and, and she's like oh yeah you know like that's kindergarten that's boys that's kids they're just gonna do stuff they're gonna make up games and they're not gonna realize it's a problem and you've got one teacher on the yard that's trying to police you know hundreds of kids you know and it's just it's tough, and uh, it was it was a it was a good conversation to have because it was like <laughs> finally like someone because she said like oh yeah that's happened to me I've gotten that call and it's just one of those things where you just you know have the conversation with your kid and make sure they understand what they did wrong and and hopefully the, you know they'll kick a basketball onto the field one day you know
0: see I I totally will get the, I'm sure I'm gonna get a call like that for Clara. But I've never like Gwen is so you know gentle and you know gets on with people and never would engage in even violence for humor you know. <laughs> Where Clara is for sure going to be the one that I'm going to get calls for, and uh, it, it is funny just as an, a side note to my story. Like my my wife is like you know you know that she reacts wh- when you when you make such a big deal over getting punched in the balls, right? And and I'm like, yeah, that's because I'm getting punched in the balls. She's like, okay, could you just like tone it down a little bit when you get sacked in the balls? And I'm like, no. Obviously, you don't know what it's like to get sacked in the balls because you don't just tone it down. That's that's the. I'm like, you don't just no-sell it. That's not how being sacked in the balls works. Anyway. It's a valid melod-
1: um, – I mean like – I, I hear both sides of this story and I agree <laughs> with both sides. Like, totally. Um, Ashley says the same thing. I don't, you know, I don't often get, you know, sacked. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, like Ashley say like, you know, like they're, they're getting, they're trying to get a rise. So today, like um, Abby, so Isabel pulled out a puzzle. She dumped it on the floor and Abby's like, oh, I'll help you. And then somehow in the course of like a minute, it was now Abby's puzzle. And anything Isabel was doing was was absolutely incorrect, and isabel had to had to leave. And I'm like, I'm like trying to t- talk to the kids, like, okay, you know, Abby, she wants to help you. Izzy, Abby doesn't want you like pulling up the pieces that she finally got together. And it was just this it the, it wasn't getting through, <laughs> you know, and and I think they were just feeding off of each other's energy. And then I was like, okay, i better I better step in here. and and like, as she says, like there's just they just feed off each other's energy, and the, and when you when you get a rise, and and you you kind of raise your voice, like they're just looking for a reaction.
0: Of course, of course they are. They feed off reactions or whatever. And so, like if, if if somebody feeds off reactions, then you say, you know, you try to minimize that whenever possible. But my argument would be like getting shot, punched in the balls yes. is not one of those times. It's like you 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 try to. I'm like oh did not hurt. I right, Clara, don't do that. And then she'll laugh at me anyway. Yeah, of course so, she would. Uh, so, uh, she, she, so anyway, uh, uh, we're, we're working on that, just like Caden's working on his problem. Uh, it will be... Uh, we, he, he sounds more like a, a group pressure. Like, this is how we do it. I do I do still laugh at the idea of him being like punching me in the arm and <laughs> the kid just is like,
1: punches him right in the gut and yeah.
0: Oh! <laughs> it's just one of those things yeah.
1: where I think, uh, uh, I, I think, I think it was a, I think it was a, honestly, I think what happened with this specific call was, I think it was a, a, a fluke, you know, it's just one of those days where, Enough happened on the yard where that teacher told another teacher and then Caden was tired. So when the teacher tried to solve it herself and talk to Caden, which is always what the teacher The teachers are fantastic and they always yeah. try to solve it themselves because they're there and Caden just wasn't... <laughs> you are i'm not about to say caden you know got in a fistfight with the teacher no
0: i just like how you call it the yard as if it's like the prison
1: yard it is a yard
0: another another thing that happened out on the yard that day if you don't make a scene they don't smell blood
1: okay well this is what i was gonna say is like i think the issue was caden was tired and the teacher wasn't able to to, to get through to Caden because she said, like, well, whenever I tried to talk to him, I, he would just go, uh, and he would like kind of brush it off. Like, he's tired. He's exhausted. He had he had a shit weekend and then he didn't sleep well the, the night before. And uh, which happens to all of us. I've been there, I've been in meetings where I just go, uh, you know, turn off my camera and mute the mic, whatever. I, I think like it happens. Everyone has those days. And the teacher said, well, if you're not going to work with me and communicate, then I'm going to have to call your parents. And he was like, yeah, you do that. <laughs> I think that was the exact words that the teacher said he used. And uh, again, just a tired, tired kid. And, and he needed a break. He needed March break. The kids have been fantastic. We had the time change. There's a reason we're not complaining about it, or at least I'm not complaining about it. Because like. Went well? It has gone well. Like we put the kids down. We've been putting the kids down about, a, a, you know, 15 minutes to a half hour later. And they've been sleeping in. Like I'm actually getting up before them.
0: It helps that it's March break, right, and that you guys are not like scrambling to meet drop-offs or deadlines mm-hmm. or whatever, right? Like, I, I, I'm for me, it's the same, and w- w- we've had a pretty good turnaround as well. But that and the girls are sleeping in because they think it's an hour later, right? So,
1: yeah, yeah, but it's been uh, overall, it's been a pretty good week.
0: Gwen's home for March break because the thing is. We we were looking to go down south for March break, but the prices were so crazy, uh, and we could save so much by going a week later. And we were like, "Well, Gwen's seven; like she could just stay home one week, you know, and then we keep her back the next week. Like maybe maybe we do that and uh, and see if she's able to entertain herself." And she has played a lot of video games this week. She's played Dragon Quest Builders 2, uh, which I, I'm gonna mention again on this show when she finishes it, she's right near the end. But man, that game just keeps on giving. She played a lot of it this week. Um, but and she's going to a one-day day camp tomorrow, which is Friday. But she's done four days at home. And I took Wednesday off. I said I would take one day of the week off to hang out with her and, and did that. But it like honestly, Ryan and I know like you're getting there and the lights at the end of the tunnel but like six seven eight like when when they're into like major kid dumb, it's so great like like uh, you know going down and seeing what she built in dragon quest and having her explain to me her design and how she was thinking about it and then being like hey you want to play mario kart and then us play mario kart and me absolutely take her to the woodshed in mario kart which she likes because it's funny jesse thinks i should throw races but you know i have a lifetime of playing mari Kart. i know she's going to get better than me at one point and she already occasionally beats me but when she wins she's not a sore loser at all and when she wins it it's with such a sense of tremendous satisfaction knowing that she i was actually trying and she still she still beat me um, but, uh, she's, uh, she's just a, a joy to, to hang out with and is able to sort of self entertain and like, you know, tunic, when I see a game like that come out now, I think about like, wow, that's going to be so fun to play with Gwen, even though I hear it's brutally painful. We'll see, we'll see how that goes. Uh, but, but yeah, so, I mean, you're around the corner of, of, of that. They're all really, really little. Um, but Caden, you know, Caden's getting up there. It's, it's happening. Yeah. So he'll he'll soon soon you guys will be like bosom buddies doing doing stuff together it'll be fun
1: yeah i think that uh we're we're getting there like i think i even see it in abigail as she's starting to be more calm be more present and just want to hang out and and have some fun and and uh it's been it's been really good and i mean yeah like we have isabel the little one and and she she I've even seen it with her. Like she's growing up so fast. Like, honestly, like she's, uh, she's going to be two in a couple of weeks, um, uh, which is nuts. So
0: yeah, I know it's, it's true. Terrible twos. Uh, so we'll, we'll see. You'll always have the little ones. We were talking about lately how Clara who is just turning four soon is starting to get, you know, bigger. And like, um, I, I, uh, I, I just recognize that we're like on, uh, what is it borrow time for having the cute snuggles and the different things like Gwen's already a giant. She's, you know, just a head shorter than Jess and, uh, is, is, um, you know, like she, she likes cuddles and stuff. So, but like, I can see that we're already on, on the clock. So I guess enjoy it while you got it. Um, is what I would say. And I, I know I mentioned the trip planning stuff off the top, uh, just that, um, and it is funny because I recognize more about myself that I'm like a kind of fly by night type person. And uh, I just, just, uh, you know, if I'm going on a trip, I'll start packing for like, if I know, if I know I'm leaving on a Monday, uh, I'll start packing the weekend before. Right. Uh, Like, like I mean the Saturday and the Sunday to leave on Monday, even though I have kids now and probably need to think about the things I don't have and all of that more in advance. My wife, it's the exact opposite. If, if she's going on a trip with the kids uh, on a Monday, she will she will start uh, planning for what we need to take three Mondays before, you know, like like a, a long a long time. There's probably a balance that we need to strike there, but uh, but uh, yeah, it's just been she's done so much to get us ready for the trip already. The kids have grown. They all like they. I'm like they just wear their summer clothes. She's like they don't fit into any of them. You dumb dumb. I'm like oh really? Um, and she's like no, they're bigger now. Uh, so. Got to get, you know, new wardrobes, got to get new shoes in many cases. Like it's like going to a whole new season and the kids are different sizes than last time we were in that season. You know, it's so crazy. Uh, and it's just not, you know, things that I took for granted. It has led to a lot of work to get ready for the trip for sure.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, hopefully the the trip goes well and the planning and, and all that as uh, pays off. I know, I know we were talking about it. Um, not necessarily pre-show, but uh, over over text over the day. And, and I can imagine trying to, I, I can't imagine trying to plan like a week-long trip where you're flying with kids and stuff. And, and gosh, that's... It'll be worth it though. The the first day you're there and get settled, like I, I think it'll all melt away, you know. So
0: Well, a lot of these like you start targeting different things for your vacations and you look at resorts differently and you say, like, what do these ones have for my for my kids? You know? And this one that we're going to, it's an all-inclusive has a, has a water park for kids and it was slides and all sorts of different things. Um, and I, I look at, I show that to the kids and they're excited and then even the regular pool with the swim up, you know, bar that has frozen lemonades that they could, you know, they could have or the ocean or whatever, like there's just, going to be a lot of swimming and a lot of hanging out. And I think that, uh, and even like, like palm trees and, uh, flamingos and, and peacocks and like some of the, like they see these pictures on, I'm going through TripAdvisor pictures people have taken and they're like, wow, there's that there. And everything is so new to them and seeing things through the eyes of the children. I'm like, oh, it's just a resort trip. We're just going to stay on the resort. But to them, everything is new. You know, the plane, the airport, the, the wildlife, the birds, the plants, everything, everything, everything. So it will be exciting in that regard. And, uh, and yeah, I I'm hoping that it will be somewhat relaxing as well. Cause as I pointed out to Jesse, I'm like, it's still a trip with children, you know, like we're still like, they're still need some supervision guidance or whatever. Like I like to think that, yeah, we'll go to the beach and we'll lie into some, chairs and we'll have a drink and they will be like just making a sand castle blissfully peacefully together for like 45 minutes you know but somehow i don't think that's how it's gonna go
1: yeah well i i hope it goes well i'm really looking forward to hearing how the trip goes because i feel like it'll be it'll be good to have that experience
0: (laughs) ryan i went so badly don't ever do it
1: no I'll, i'll
0: i will uh I will share next next week. Ryan, before we uh, close up shop and do the business and all of that, just want to check do we have any listener feedback this week?
1: No, not this week. But you know what? People could certainly write in. They could tweet us. Uh, let me see here. Let me pull up the notes. Oh, what do we've got? We, got? we got our website, slash dad, where you'll find all the information. Email dad at tgistudios.com. You can tweet us, dndcast. So, I know Crofton is really hoping for some listener feedback
0: oh yeah i want I would like some mail I want some messages uh you know recently I came to my awareness that the gamers in podcast notable podcast mm. with jocelyn uh uh in it, and I think someone else I can't remember but i I know Jocelyn's in it um and uh the gamers in has has a discord channel and i went into it and everybody's everybody's talking about japanese anime and how much they love it and the different games and that have anime in them and uh and uh, i was like man look at this healthy uh community of folks talking and instant feedback as to to how shows go and different things and i was like man i you know every time we do one of these episodes i'm wondering what people are thinking what they want to see more of what they want to see less of uh, hot takes on star wars hot takes on elden ring hot takes on march breaks hot takes on getting punched in the balls all of these things uh and how much of a reaction you should be showing. We would we would love to hear from everyone. So again, I'm at Croft and Sears, Ryan at R. Murphy. The show's at d d Cast. You can reach us on Twitter. But of course, emails are probably the best way. We'll read them all on the show, dad at TGISTudios.com. Like Ryan said, that's the best way to do it. I would love to see some of that stuff. So Ryan, unless you have any final words, this is going to do it. Do you have any final words?
1: Uh, man, wear a cup. So there you go.
0: Wise words, Ryan. Wise words. You know what? That might actually solve my problem. Anyway, uh, that's gonna do it for this episode of Dungeons and Diapers. Have a great week, everyone. We'll see you next time, where I will regale you with stories from my amazing trip. Cheerio.
1: Bye, everyone.